Welcome to our May the 4th Be With You Star Wars Spectacular, our first special episode. Today we will have bonus content from our May 1st episode with Mari Cruz and Eric. We will also be talking about Star Wars food recipes that we made from the Galaxy's Edge cookbook. So sit back, relax, and may the 4th be with you. Other than the fact that for the two, the main romantic lead interest of the whole Star Wars saga, you couldn't have gotten two actors who had less chemistry. <laughs> What, yes, you're right. It make the movie. <laughs> Brother and sister at work. <laughs> when you really found out what happened, that totally worked. Yeah, that brother sister vibe was there. Jeez. <laughs> oh, I mean, <laughs> here's here's my thing on it. Like, obviously, Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher had that brother sister vibe going on from the get go, and I'm like, oh, okay, that's kind of adorable. They they pick on each other and stuff like siblings would. And when that weird moment in Empire happened, I'm like. Uh, what exactly? <laughs> um, and didn't somebody just there was something that you know who just tweeted out about and included Luke and Leia as some kind of couple for the ages or something like that? It was freaking hilarious. Like, brothers, sister, ew. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and, and I say this now, uh, when I was a young girl, I had the biggest crush on Ewan McGregor, still do, as an adult woman. I had the pleasure to meet him. He was so charming. Oh, but cool. as an adult, as a little girl, you know, I had the biggest crush on him. And then I thought to myself, why the hell doesn't Padme go for Obi-Wan? He's hotter. <laughs> <laughs> He's hotter. More established. Yeah. Yes. He's more sophisticated. But then he had that thing with Satine going. I was like, okay, 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 okay. Satine's smart. She got standards. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, the Star Wars fandom's underbelly does like to uh, like to be very vocal. And, uh, and even though Star Wars is such a wide universe with all the different creations out there, all the different movies, all the different series, if they don't like a movie, they don't like a particular character, they have no problems letting themselves known, and they've been very toxic towards the actors themselves playing those particular roles. And I'm, I'm talking about Ahmed Best, who was Jar, everybody's, everybody's maybe not so favorite Jar Jar Binks. Mm -hmm. Kelly Marie Tran, who was Rose Tico in the sequel movies, the, 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 the third trilogy. You know, John Boyega and Daisy Ridley, they, they, bore the, they bore a good brunt of the toxic fandom. And we totally skipped over Moses Graham, who was, you know, Reva in, in Kenobi, and she caught a lot of crap from the fanboys and uh but i think and i think even ewan mcgregor was like look if you you're not a fan of star wars if you're going to act like that so good on him for standing up for her and uh hope we get to see more no actually we won't see more reva will we really? no? not really. possibility spoiler alert i mean have you seen kenobi i think we finished it Pretty sure we um, no you know what she walked away yes so she caught a lightsaber right in her midsection so i was like oh yeah we're not going to see more of her but she did walk away she wasn't in good shape but she walked away so maybe in the future there might be more might be more reva good for her go kick some more ass in the star wars universe there moses graham we'll be cheering for you yay, yay. can't wait for ray can't wait for all the other characters to come back either so we've, we've got our toxic fandom what would the two of you like to like to like to tell the world that you know, that's not us i mean just is there anything about that you'd like that you'd care to speak to um well it's a continuous lesson in humility i think um just having to constantly uh and justifiably remind ourselves that 
um, as entrenched in the fandom as we are and how much time we spend thinking and living that fandom that newcomers may not have necessarily the same understanding of it as we do, nor have they um, spent as much time. So with that, it doesn't, as some assume, grant us any sort of elevated status, but instead should remind us to be um, as forthcoming and helpful as we can to newcomers, whether it's they're just interested in um, a casual costume for a convention, as Jen mentioned earlier, or if they do want to go all the way and they want to do a source accurate, relatively obscure character that there's just not as much info for, that's more, that's a big challenge. In either case, meet the person where they're at and help them get to where they want to go. And that's what I remind myself of every time I'm approached by someone who's asking questions. Just be very unassuming. Don't assume that they're already on the same wavelength as you. And, you know, answer any questions, as, as Carrie said, at the, uh, of the armor party that we had which to define that term is just a public gathering of 501st members and people potentially interested in joining the 501st or just costuming in general. And we meet and we work on projects. In contexts like that, uh, it is of the utmost importance that we assume this sort of mindset that, uh, as I said, meet the person where they're at when they come through the dorm of the armor party and help them get to where they want to go based on uh, whatever it is that they're uh, sharing with you. So that to me is the tenet I hold myself to, to ensure that I'm a representation of what's good in the fandom and not this toxic uh, underbelly as Jen was discussing. All right. How about you, Maricus? I try to do my best as well. Um, it's just, especially with the recent news I've seen from Celebration, you know, and a lot of that hate for Ray started coming up again. And to your point, and we were having this discussion earlier before we went live, um, you know, for John Boyega, Ahmed Best, Daisy Ridley, Kelly Marie Tron, and to some extent, Oscar Isaac, you know, for the very, very loud and vocal minority of toxic fans, I can't help but think there's a lot of racism and sexism involved in that as well, which is extremely disgusting because it's not what Star Wars stands for at all. But I think what those toxic fans need to understand is it's okay to not like everything. Star Wars is exactly. a buffet. Like all fandoms, it's a buffet. You take what you like. You eat and consume what you like. What you don't like, you just ignore it. Be like, okay, don't yuck someone's yum. Yeah, and, and the fact that Star Wars has been around since 1977 and it's still going. I know I, for one, am just grateful that I've been able to be a fan of this almost my entire life, almost for as long as I can remember. Uh, I was five when the first movie came out. Actually, no, I, I hadn't turned five yet. I was almost five. I was four in like eight months when the first movie came out. And the fact that we're still getting Star Wars content is just amazing. And it just lets, you know, us, there's just more out there for us to love. And, 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 and like you said, that if there's something you don't like, just move on. Just like on social media, you don't have to respond. If you don't like something, keep scrolling. You know, just, 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 we have this ability to be adults and agree to disagree. And that's a problem. That's, that's something that uh, I think most of us understand. Most of us do, but 
you know, there's people out there who don't. And uh, those people do tend to make the rest of us look bad every now and again. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it's so easy well, for people to be dicks online, but, you know, they don't sit in the grocery store, you know, in the, the produce and be like, don't get those fucking Brussels sprouts. Those are gross. Ew, ew. You know, and it's it's something between online and in person. Just it's different. I just think that instead of focusing on what you don't like, you should focus on what you do like. Exactly. Why do people want to be miserable? It, it's why when you could be happy and do what you want to do instead of fucking it's just okay talk about what you hate. To like different things and still be friends. Mm-hmm. And like you don't have to be angry towards each other about it. No, we don't. And I'm and I'm coming from the and this is me just coming from the perspective of a social worker because in my day to day life I am a social worker. And, you know, and I think Eric can attest to this as well, because he is a teacher and he sees things too, um, in, in a different perspective, obviously, that when people do things like that, or say things like that, or when people decide to be dicks online, it's because, you know, they're, that's all, all they know is to hurt people and hurt people hurt people. You know what I mean? And it means to me that they're suffering from some kind of hurt that they've experienced and they're taking it out and lashing it out on everyone else so that they can feel just as hurt as they're feeling right now. And in their own way. And again, I cannot speak for these trolls because I don't know their minds are. I don't know what they're thinking, but they're probably thinking, oh, let me process my hurt by making someone else feel bad because this is all I know how to do. Very well said. All right. Well, I do want to bring the conversation back to, I'm, you know, a slightly happier topic. So we're going to do a quick little lightning round here. All right. So I'm going to ask a quick question and then Eric and Maracuse and, and Carrie and Stacy, you guys chime in too. So, all right. Uh, favorite movie, favorite Star Wars movie, Eric. Return of the Jedi. All right. Maracuse. Holy crap. Same. I, I just love the campiness of Return of the Jedi. It's just such a fun movie. All right. Carrie. A New Hope, because it was like my introduction movie. All right, Stacy. Jedi, Return of the Jedi. Mine's Rogue One. Just love that movie. (laughs) Rogue One is so freaking good, though. So good. All right, least favorite Star Wars movie, Eric. I mean, I I hate to be that person, but I don't, I just don't have a ready-to-go answer. Um, You know what? I, I really do enjoy all star wars not not in a, a stubborn sense like i'll consume but I, I think as we were saying earlier and i'm sorry i know it's lightning round but um it's very slow lightning it's okay yeah <laughs> rolling uh, thunder round <laughs> rolling thunder no I, I just i tend to focus on what i enjoy and i don't give much thought to what i don't so hence why for a lightning round i i don't really have a least favorite um if it says anything, I've watched the original trilogy probably the most, but there's nothing in Star Wars that I avoid per se. Okay, uh, Maracuse. I would probably say the first half of episode two because it was <sighs> like, <laughs> just listen, what saves the first half of episode two is the campy dialogue but other than that pacing wise it's very slow but then the second half of episode two is amazing so it's like what just happened did the directors change halfway all right gary i don't know if i dislike like or don't have a favorite movie there's like some stories i'm just like eh about but i mean i like everything that's usually happens in a star wars movie from beginning to end 
So I refuse to name. I refuse to name. Movie. Yeah. I refuse. Same I'm the same. I'm the same. Yeah, there's. Yeah. I like them all. For my answer, I, I kind of agree with Marikus, you know, that the attack of the clones, and it wasn't necessarily the movie. It was the complete and utter lack of charisma and chemistry in between Anakin and Padme. I mean, these are the two, the parents of Luke and Leia. The parents of the whole show, and uh, it was just, it was, it was funny. Like, like Mariku said, it was just, it was campy, it's a, funny. It wasn't romantic. It was just campy, funny, and uh, it is a wonder yeah. they made babies. <laughs> yes, because I don't like sand. Is like the line that makes me swoon. Oh, like, <laughs> <laughs> well, but. Uh, <sighs> But like we mentioned earlier, I mean, just we can we can kind of it's 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 a buffet, you know. We there's things we like, there's things we don't like, there's things we can just be like, all right, essential part of the story. Moving on. <laughs> all right, so so how about favorite character? Let's start with Eric again. Okay, that one's easy. Boba Fett. <laughs> all right, Maracuz. I'd have, I'd have to say Visa's Mar and Mar Jade. Yeah, yeah. All right, Carrie? Like, Luke Skywalker is an unforgettable character. He's also the voice of my favorite villain, the Joker. All right, Stacy. It would have to be like a tie between R2-D2, BB-8, <laughs> and any Ewok. And Jawas. I love Jawas. You Jawas are hilarious. <laughs> well, since I have two versions of the Commander Ride and Versio costume i'm gonna to have to go with commander Iden versio i mean she's a badass special forces commander on the on the on the on the, on the imperial side and then she sees light and goes to the rebellion best of both worlds so hey i'm wondering our friends cat and john over at the my mistake podcast who are their favorite star wars characters maybe they'll let me know on the twitter at master chief jen okay my my, my one of my cats desecrated my list unfortunately <laughs> <laughs> way to go kitty petrie maybe maybe kitty's like talk about food mom <laughs> yes uh unfortunately in this case it was petrie who desecrated the list um, it's past their feeding time yes it is past the feeding time and they occasionally let me know in uh, in in ways uh, that uh you know don't 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 bear further discussion so i'm just gonna put this over here <laughs> throw it out later <laughs> I've made so many foods from both Star Wars cookbooks, so I can I can give you feedback, my honest feedback on some of the dishes I've made. Do you have yes. a favorite one? The family favorite is the hot tea slime pods. Okay. It's okay. So it's basically it's spinach and pistachio and cheese um, gnocchi. It does have cannelli, cannelloni beans for the texture to kind of make it feel like you're eating slime pods, but it's really delicious. Um, but I know there's some people that don't like beans, so you don't have to add the beans for the texture. Um, it does have a little bit of um, a sriracha like powder for just the flavoring. It's so good. Like, and Yuli's very picky about, you know, um, veggie pastas, but this is his favorite. Oh, this actually sounds kind of yummy. I recommend giving it a whirl. It's really good. It's 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 a it's a must in the family. I've made the um, the other one I've made is the glow blue noodles because the first time around I messed it up because I kept thinking, okay, Yuli doesn't like tea, so let me try um, blue food coloring. Um, 
pro tip, don't use blue food coloring because it will dry out your udon noodles or your pad thai noodles. It'll make it sticky and gross. I was thinking there would be other consequences for the blue food dye. I wasn't thinking it would dry out the noodles. I was thinking post-digestion. <laughs> that, that too, but it was more like what happened was it made the noodles kind of like kind of hard and sticky, which is not a good thing for noodles. So when I remade and I cried the first time I made it, cause it's like, this is not what I, this is not, this wasn't what I intended. And also cause Yuli hates tea. He hates the taste of tea. He just doesn't like it. That's fair. So I figured, you know what, the second time around, let's do the proper recipe with the blue butterfly PT. It actually came out really delicious. And that entails the little mar- mozzarella pearls with the cherry tomatoes and the mm-hmm. garlic cheese sauce. It's just your pad thai noodles are blue from the butterfly blue PT. And it came out amazing the second time. So I was like, see, this is how it was supposed to have tasted the first time. I'm going to need to know level of effort on both of them before I choose. The first time around you work, you do both of them. They, it's a little hard because you're making the sauces separate. But then, you know, but then once you make it more often enough, it's not as hard. I'd say the Hutsi slime pods is probably a little bit easier, mainly because everything you need for the slime pods is easier to get. Whereas for the glow blue noodles, butterfly blue PT is a little hard to get. So you kind of have to order it online. That sounds like effort. <laughs> yeah. But thank you. Good tip. All right. Um, and there, there's the pork or the rolled pork recipe too. That one was really good, but that takes a long time to cook. Um, the prep time doesn't take too long. It's the cooking time that takes a while for it. That I don't mind because I can sit and play video games. Exactly. <laughs> this is Master Chief Jen. I've made polystarch portion bread, aka raised portion bread from the movie The Force Awakens. Um, it is from the Galaxy's Edge, the official Black Spire Outpost cookbook. So my creation doesn't really look like the actual picture in the recipe book, but that is no surprise because it's me. Anyway, so I'm going to give this thing a try. It's basically, it's a meatball shaped chunk of microwavable bread. And uh, we're gonna see what this thing says. Okay, surprisingly, it's not bad. It's a little doughy. I feel the recipe did not call for quite enough water to actually combine all of the ingredients. I followed the recipe exactly. And uh, I mean, it's not bad. Maybe a little butter on there or something like that. A little jam. Oh, I'm just making suggestions for how this thing would taste. And it's uh, it's pretty good. All right. Portion bread, not bad. Harry's going to try. Thoughts? It's not horrible. <laughs> there you have it folks not horrible i made the munch fungus loaf i realized that this piece is basically crust <laughs> it goes against my my whole crust versus uh no crust situation but for the sake of the the pod i will eat a crust it's dense not in a bad way it's tasty the mushrooms add nice texture would I ever make this again? Probably not unless it's like for an occasion, but I like it. So may the fourth be with you. Would it be the type of bread that would be good for a sandwich? 
It could be, yes. Yes, you could. Would I French toast it? I don't know, man, because it's a savory bread. There's like garlic and mushrooms and red curry paste in it. Yeah, I, I did enjoy my munch fungus loaf. I just really wanted to make it because it was munch. Because mm-hmm. of munch and fungus. I made the Zizar salad. I believe that's what it's called. Did you make everything that was in it? And the the cherian dressing, Shireen. Mm-hmm. And did it come oh, with the, the crisps too or no? I made the crisps. The dressing I did make. I made everything, you know, by the book as much as I could. So for the dressing, I made it and I tasted it. And because it's a blue cheese dressing, I just, my head says it's got to be creamy. Mm-hmm. And yet it's kind of creamy when you blend it all together. But it it still has that broken apart, you know, vinegar, or olive oil, which it's the base of it is. And it did taste mm-hmm. good, but I knew it was not going to suit my tastes. Um, so I added a little bit of sour cream, some more cheese, some more blue cheese crumbles, put some more garlic and herbs, uh, salt and pepper in it. And then for the salad, I could not find pea sprouts. Really? So I did, I, I skipped the sprouts and I just went and got some uh, sugar snap peas and cut them up and put those in it. So it is lettuce, sugar snap peas, bacon, a little bit of salt, a little bit of pepper, the dressing, and I made my cheese crisps. Now. They look awesome. So in the thing, it says to bake them at 400 degrees. You ain't got to do that. I make cheese crisps all the time in the microwave. Just take like a paper plate or any plate that, you know, something that can come back up off of, you put your stuff in the middle, you spread it around in a little circle, put whatever seasoning you want in it, just a little bit since it's just one crisp. And then you microwave it for 20 to 30 seconds, take a knife and you can just scrape it off. And it's going to be a little wobbly at that point. It's still like, uh, what's it called? Soft. So you can put it like over a glass and it'll shape it. You can do all kinds of stuff with it at that point. And then it dries, hardens, and it's perfect. But you don't have to spend all kinds of time with the oven and a pan, microwave and a plate. Did you follow the recipe for the crisps or did you just make your own crisp? Parmesan cheese and um, pepper, which that's what I did. That's all I did. Got it. All right. So here we go. I'm going to break a crisp and try to get everything. I probably put a little bit too much blue dressing in there uh, or blue in my dressing. um, Oh, that's okay. I think think that's a, a maker's choice. It's super blue. Plus, I got a couple drips on my shirt, which I will remember always now from this experiment. All right. And if it turns your poo blue, then we'll know why. It'll probably be green, and I will let you know. Oh, that's right. That's right. Color palette. (laughs) (laughs) Color poop it. All right, here we go. (laughs) Go ahead. Sorry. Mm, Very good. Awesome. It's kind of like having, it's almost like a wedge salad. It's kind of got that Ooh. flavor because, you know, uh, I used the iceberg lettuce and bacon and blue cheese. That just screams wedge salad to me. I do enjoy a wedge salad. Very good. I like that dressing. I'll probably make it again. So that's the end of our extra bonus Star Wars spectacular episode of How Many Lightsabers Does It Take? If you want, you can reach out to me on Twitter at Master Chief Jen. You can reach out to the podcast itself at HMLDIT Podcast. You can send us an email at hmldipodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on the web at hmldipodcast.com. And now, for the last time for this year, 
I'm going to get to listen to me singing the Imperial March once again. Dun, 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 shit oh my god i thought she was breathing heavy because she was like winded from singing if anyone was wondering stacy asked me who my favorite star wars character is as an ai language model i don't have personal preferences or emotions however i can share with you a popular star wars character that many people admire r2d2 This resourceful and loyal astromech droid has played a vital role in many of the series' key moments and has won the hearts of fans with its bravery and wit. If I were a Star Wars fan, I might have chosen Ahsoka Tano as my favorite character. Ahsoka is a strong, independent, and complex character who evolves throughout the series. She begins as Anakin Skywalker's apprentice and eventually becomes a key figure in the Rebel Alliance. Ahsoka's journey showcases her resilience, compassion, and dedication to justice, making her a beloved character in the Star Wars universe. Thank you again for joining us for our May the 4th Be With You Spectacular. We hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we did making it. This is the way. (laughs) 